Dimp Digital presents Idle Game Chat. Cool. Logan, here we are back with another episode of Idle Game Chat. And for some reason, in the last week, four games came flooding out in regards to that fantasy gaming league. That's really put the stops on us. All plans on deck have been moved around because that might take two hours to get through the waffle that goes on and the excursions that we tend to go on. Mm. Um, so one game I didn't even know would come out, Biff just post it in there and it was we'll get to it later and it's an awful scoring game to give away the the somewhat small spoiler um but i thought we'd just open up with one game to start with do the intro do the other three i know everyone's expecting us to go oh what about phil and xbox it's like well, it, it was hot air and we knew we we yeah. suspected it'd be hot air we'll talk about it for a little bit perhaps later on but, oh, given an agenda at the yeah. beginning of the podcast. Shouldn't do that because then I can't just cut things off that aren't deserving of being there. But mm. let's get into this one first. An unsuspected, un- uh, surprising, a out of the bins, almost a hit, I guess. Hell Divers Two mm. landing for Adkins's Grand Prix team, an eighty-three. On the open creek, I don't expect it to stay that high. I think it'll be in the the high seventies when it's all said and done. Although it's kind of got past the roughest part where things weren't working with the network and it's got away with it almost. Mm. So maybe maybe it will shine through and it'll be fine and, and climb a little bit. But eighty three for that. We've got Alberto Loret from Poppy Consulares with the blurb or the caption or the. Uh, Oh, wait, could you say what this is? A recap almost. Conclusion, mm. isn't it? I guess this part of the review. Going conclusion is what I think, and usually it's waffle, but Alberto, don't get a lot of you, mate, so let's have a look. Hell Divers 2 doesn't invent anything. But I imagine reinvent might have been the word. I don't know. Some of these translations I'm not convinced of, but I'm not yeah. going to blame Alberto for that. But what it does, it does so well and in such a fun way that it's hard not to fall at its feet. You can reproach reproach it for its flaws, shortcomings and aspects that are not well balanced, but none of that prevents it from being a fun game, a guilty pleasure, pleasure especially in co-op. End quote. 82 from Alberto. I wonder uh, how he decides that. Like, how do you go, it's not an 81... Definitely yeah. not an 83, so it gets 82. I feel like... It's nonsense. Mm. Too many. You don't need 100 points to be handing out. I don't, I don't know. 10, I'd argue, you don't really need, but these humans are like... Oh, I like the out of 10. Out of 10 is a universal scoring system that works very well. Because even in the out of 5 or the 5-star system, they're going for halves. If they now, shouldn't if you're be. offering halves, yeah, but if you're be. offering halves... You might as well do 10, you yeah. You might as well do 10. I've seen do quarters. Hello? <laughs> I've seen it. Anyway, 82 for Helldivers 2. Mm. Um, so this is interesting because it's PlayStation's biggest ever Steam launch. So it's beating out the likes of Spider-Man, 
God of War, uh, Days Gone, Horizon Forbidden Dawn. No, Horizon Zero Dawn, Forbidden West is the sequel. And I'm struggling to understand why, to a certain extent. Because on paper, you go, Helldivers 2 used to be like a top-down... I don't think it's isometric, but it's like a top... It's a very small, crude game for its time, back in like 2015. Went on the Vita first, I think, and then came to like PS4 and um, and PC eventually. You had like a hardcore crowd, but a very small crowd. And you go, well, you're up against God of War you know, the big gun and mm. day one. And what they, what we're using for that, you know, it, what a launch consists of is like the concurrent players in the opening kind of day or so. And it was double what God of Wars was, it was the, on steam alone. It was clocking in at 140 K, which is, which is pretty good. Um, what's the, what's this all about? It's running at 30, I think it's 35 UK pounds on the store. Obviously CD keys and whatnot. You can find it a bit cheaper. There's a, there's a, Super edition for 50, I think, so uh, 15 pound or, or so delta on that. Is it a price? Is it just that this is a new game for everyone? So, you know, is there an argument that people who wanted to play God of War, even on the PC, may have already played it on the PS5 or it felt like an old game, quote unquote, because it was three, four years old before it came out? Is it simply down to the fact this is a brand new hot game and everyone's apart from other platforms, are getting to play at day one. What's going on? You tell me. You're the man of multiplayer, so I don't understand how this works. My assumption is that this fit, fits into the PC crowd. Hmm. That is that is my assumption. I mean, I've seen, you know, we've got a crowd that tends to be across multiple, multiple platforms. We've got a crowd that will solely play certain games on PC. Mm-hmm. And I've noticed that the crowd that will only play certain games on PC have picked this one up quicker than I have. Um, you got so to get in that's there. What... No, no, no. I'm just, it was just merely a statement. It was, oh, um, yeah. you know, it's other people outside of our immediate um, gaming, if you like, circle mm. that are also playing this. Um, so I just think the, the setup of the game just lends itself to that online community and online gaming, and it fits well with PC, which is obviously why... They've looked to release it sort of in line with PlayStation because it just does that well. They obviously went, well, this will be good for the PC lot, and they've gone, yeah, thank you. We'll yeah. have that. Um, so I think it's, it's as simple as that. I mean, some of our lot are just not going to pick up a God of War on PC, are they? No. So the answer's in the fact that they're playing it and they've picked it up and you were streaming it and doing all that kind of stuff, like on almost not too close to release, right? And that's unusual. So I think the setup of the game and the fact that it's just sort of like harmless fun and things just kind of lends itself to it. Mm. Yeah, because I've been playing it, which was not on the cards really. Talk to me how interested you were in this. i tell you what, when I saw it, when it was the marketing stuff, I thought, to be honest, this looks like it would be a load of fun. But I really had no mm. confidence that it would actually translate to... Deliver. Mm. Yeah, I mean, like, you know, you can make anything look pretty good in a trailer. And mm. I was like, yeah, I bet it's, bet it's not. I bet it runs like shit or it's before or the, the controls feel shit like the combat doesn't feel yeah. but then it came out and i was reading and watching i was like no it might, it might actually be as, as as good as what the marketing's showing and it wasn't showing as, as like a game of the decade forthcoming of christ type you know sniffometer yeah. style label but i thought mm. that could be something to plug holes fill gaps to just fuck about on and actually the reason i chose alberto's little blurb there his little recap 
was that term a guilty pleasure because that's essentially what it's become i've had to be very careful over the last week not to get completely sucked into it yeah interesting because um, it's got it's a unusual lot of, for you it is really unusual it strikes a nice balance of just being quite casual co-op and you know pve only uh, you can run it solo, but you run it on the high difficulties and you're going to get spanked. And it's just, you know, there's certain games that are always going to be better because the friendly fire aspect of this always being on is a big part of that. But um, it's kind of ticking a lot of boxes that I I didn't really know going into it. Like there's no story necessarily for everyone to follow along. So you haven't got to be waiting for people to get up to stage. There's no power levels. So you haven't got to go, oh, fucking hell. Logan, if you jump on now, you've got 15 hours to catch. You, you ain't really got to catch up. You just jump in. You'll have less sort of options when it comes to what they call stratagems and I'll end up reviewing it if I'm not careful here. Yeah. And end up with like specials and things that you can, but you earn those pretty quickly and you can kind of choose between a few dozen. Um, so it's not like, you know, if I was to go, right, how do I get back into Destiny, Logan? You'd be like, well, you don't. Like the boat's sailing off and you every day you don't turn up, you're, that boat's yeah. getting further and further away. This you can simply dive in and out of and you're not going to miss anything. Um, and I guess the, the other thing I really like is the community events, which is they're multi-day events and they're purely like, okay, here are two planets that are getting invaded by the bugs or even the, the Terminator-style robots. Um, if you complete missions in there, your contribution to that will help us liberate it. And after each mission, it will sort of tick up a tiny, tiny, tiny percent, like a a, a decimal or five or six percent of the thing. But you feel like you're contributing towards it. And eventually, if the community does it enough, you will get a reward, like a good lot of like what they call requisition points to spend on, on new stuff. So you can kind of just, if you wanted to, just dip in, play two missions and then leave it and say, well, I've contributed to that cause and walked away. So I don't like having to keep up with things. It'd be interesting to see whether there is a more timely, a time-managed sort of seasonal approach at some point, because it's not really got that at the moment. They're releasing war bonds, which are essentially their battle passes, I guess, once a month. But they are um, not not, um, timed. It's like Halo. They're always there. They don't expire. And that's, again, another indication that they're not going to say, look, quickly, you need to be on this for, the, for you know three weeks out of the next six to get your, your rewards and that. So I don't know, it's just kind of ticking a lot of boxes. And the comedy of Friendly Fire is obviously a double-edged sword because you could get idiots that just purposely do it, which is funny once, but, you know, after a while, especially with randomers, you'll get really annoyed of it, but... Generally, the accidental carnage that comes out of it is is very, very entertaining. And it is just sort of feet up, brain off, and, and do it. So, laughable, really. Oh, no review now required is what I would say. Well, I think I need to play it a lot it more. Off. I, need to play, I think the gameplay I've got down, but I want to see how... Because this next... They've done one sort of community campaign. This next one they've just released over this week. I think they've run for two weeks nearly... I'm not so sold on. I think a lot of people won't bother doing it because it's quite hard. And it seems like it's repetitive mission types. But, you know, I'll, that's kind of what I'm looking at. Maybe after a month or six weeks, I'll come back and be like, here's how they've handled it. Because also, it's like, what does the next battle pass slash war bond look like? What, what stuff are you tucking away in there that 
you know, you don't actually have to pay for because the credits can be earned in game, but it's very slow going. Like if you're chucking high powered weapons in there, you're starting to go on that line, aren't you? I think it can go either way. It could break positively and just stay in this nice lane, or it could just go the wrong way if they are a bit greedy or careless of how they put things out. But um, I guess my question to you is how do we get you on it? So you mean I've already bought it and done the training? Have you? Yeah. Oh. Sort of an anti-climax. Well, I, 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 by the time I was available to jump on, it was, um, gone, it was always free. So mm. I think it's oh, just a reality of it. It's four-man squads. Oh, I thought it was three. No. Right. It's not this Destiny tour, I've told you. Oh, actually, isn't it four for, like, the Crucible, but three for the... Is it four no, for you the can Crucible? Have up to, it depends what you want to do. I think right. it's like up to six for Crucible, depending okay. on the game mode. Six three, for Raid, three six for, for Raid. Yeah. yeah. yeah this is four person, so there's always room at the inn. Well, not always. Well, Mostly. not always. I think there's yeah. five of us on board with it at the minute, so there's always a chance that if the stars align, someone gets cut, but very rarely do the stars align. Yeah, I'm happy to take a back seat. And get out of there. Oh, to be honest, I've, I've still been kicked you know, out now. Even though well, when I saw it earlier, I was like, I was actually quite thankful for it because I back onto Spider Man. I was like, the excuse is there, I'll take it, but mm. it wasn't. Just slightly annoying. What helped me actually was just being. I've played it for the first time for about three hours, just completely solo, mm. um, and that kind of helped just for me just get my head around it. I was like, okay. I see how this is working. Mm. I hate coming to these games. Like after, if you, someone have played it for like ten hours, and they go, "Logan, you, no, don't worry about it. Pick this up. I'll ignore that. Do it." And you go, "Well, no, I haven't yeah. had a chance to experience any of this stuff yet." I would, so I'd say just boot it up one evening, just do an hour or two, and you'll mm. get annoyed because you'll get blown away, even on the easy difficulties. But you want to just learn, go around your ship, and learn what everything's doing and yeah. how it's fucking working. Because that is that I do find that irritating as well, and. It's like, no, just break neck towards this and then do that. And then you think, well, hang on, I'm not even experimenting. I might find something that's useful for me. Yeah. And you kind of skip that gap. But um, interesting. So it's only paper now. It's been left out in the lurch for his own arrogance. It's not a typical paper game, though. Yeah, but you don't like to be left out, does he? That is a dilemma for him. If you choose Guild Wars as your only game you're going to play, you're going to be left out of almost everything. Guild Wars 2, I might add, not even the original. I wouldn't ever rule out doing that again. So I remember playing it so many years ago on that mm. on that um, laptop, and it's got to be the ultimate worst place to play a game. Did um, it run all right on that laptop? I mean, that laptop's ancient. It did. No, back then it, it ran okay. Well, I mean, it, you know, I, I remember it being playable, but I just don't remember it being enjoyable. But yeah. with with a new set of eyes, you never rule anything out mm. is other than horror. Yeah. That does I'm, get ruled out. I thought you might be frightened of this, Helldivers, because of those bugs jumping no, at your face. No, they're not. No, because I love Starship Troopers. Yeah, I mean, it is, like, that's it is one of that. my childhood favourite things, strangely. I don't know how. I don't know how I got introduced to it or whatever, but I love Starship, Starship Troopers. Like, these aren't... I don't know if I've got any real logic to explain. Mm. I, I genuinely don't, because I know what you mean. They're kind of a bit scrabbly looking and stuff, but it's not... They're not ideal if they get in your grill... Like even like zombie modes, I was always fine with, and that's what I mean. There's no, I think if it's co-op, like I could play things like Left 4 Dead. I think co-op, I'm okay with it. So what about Resident Evil Five, which was co-op? No, no, because that 
Do you know what I mean? It's the stakes, I think. It's kind yeah. of like, I know that if one of these comes and gets me, it's the highest stakes and the horror there's and no the it. It's the end of the... Yeah, I think that's that loop is what I don't like. Whereas sort of multiplayer, sort of not very jumpy, just sort of lots of mobs and stuff. It's kind of like, okay. Um, but I don't... Yeah, I must admit, I don't even have a hard and fast buckets for how this stuff works in my brain. Well, I don't think many of us do. You're sort of just trying to figure it out and sneak through life. But mm. um, some other interesting stats for Helldivers 2. Got to about a million sales, which is pretty good. And at one point, I mean, they had some terrible networking issues in the, in the first weekend, which mostly resolved. Mostly. I don't know if it's perfect. But then I, I don't think I've played any online game that's completely perfect. I mean, we had a few snafus with even the Division 2, which has been out fucking feels like decades now and it's still mm. occasionally one of us will get booted out and you'd be like well yeah. what's happened here they had 360k concurrent users at one point which is insane and their servers were only set up to handle 350 so that's where part yeah. of the problem they, they boosted it from 250 as well so it's caught them off guard they've yeah. all had feet up over their arrowhead and it's gone christ this but, is what I think people don't understand. It's like, oh, you serve as a shit, you can't get... You go, well, hang on a minute. Like, the ones that should be getting fucking lambasted are those fucks over at Call of Duty who know yeah. their game's going to be played by a fuckload of people and they're still not good enough. Um, whereas games like this, where they go, well, it could hit off, but mm, what's likely, this, that, and the other, and then it sort of does, out of nowhere, just hit the mark for people and it gets it exceeds expectations and they're left scrabbling. Yeah. Um, but I think it is interesting, this. I feel like even in our little sort of group, it's gone a bit, you know, there's clusters. There's people, like, it's not something that everyone's come or a lot of people have come sniffing at. Mm. And it felt to me like the multiplayer or co-op thing had dried up a little bit. There the wasn't anything. The scene was struggling to get traction on... I mean, look, there's loads of stuff. I there's know. loads of stuff to play, but I mean, something that everyone feels like the, the sniffometer's out. Like, there's not been a game where everyone's been at that sniffometer. Yeah, it's not been there, has it? This is a long, the first game for a couple of years. It's kind of come out that everyone's gone. Well, new one. Fancy yeah. a bit of that. Yeah. I know that. Well, the trouble is, a lot of those guys. They're not trouble. It's just they. They do tend yeah, they to trouble. They are trouble. Include, yeah. Hall and, and Dave are trouble. Plus the rest of them. But they are. They do have a habit of going after early access titles that I just don't want to yeah. get involved. I just can't be. De- the amount of times that I've oh, played Grand Darker, Dungeonborn, da da da. List well, goes on. The last one I got it snarled up in was Valheim. Yeah. Now that was early access, and lo and behold, we got to the. I don't know, maybe three quarters of the way what the early access part got to got would allow you to get to. And then I was like, oh, I'm really kind of done with this. It ran out of steam almost instantly. Mm. And I've got no intention of going back because I kind of burnt out on it. So I'm just not interested in spending dozens of hours in something that's not finished and will just objectively be better in a few years. How many mm. years is always up for debate? These fucking early access programs seem to run for years and years. And uh, mm. ironically, the Starship Troopers game, the real one, that's an early access title that they jumped into um, and is in early access now. And this has obviously got v- it's hugely inspired by that that franchise. Oh, it's got to be, isn't it? Even in the intro, it's it like it's, it's that sort of yeah. Starship Troopers, like... I wouldn't even call it humour, but it's like this overly tongue-in-cheek version of yeah, 
how it all goes. So yeah, I think that's that vibe. It's kind of like, I think that's probably another reason why it's so popular. You know, I won't be the only one that really likes Starship Troopers. It's sort of like a bit of a little mini cult, I'd say. Yeah. Um, and uh, everyone's obviously liked a little bit. That it doesn't take itself too seriously. It's just a good bit of fun. And I think a lot of people are crying out for that at the moment. Yeah, in a in a world where everything's a loot grind and all that, this kind of does away with that and it's yeah. just say, look, this, here's what's in the shop, get it with that. If not, don't worry too much because we're not you're not constantly levelling up. Mm. I mean you can you can access higher power as a specials and whatnot, but you're not having to go right level I've got to get to level seventeen so I can wear this armor that's yeah. um, you know, it's 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 not like that yet yeah, is what yeah. I'll say, because that is a, a tried and true it's strategy. Slow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can they once can you've go, got a critical mass of people, yeah. all of a sudden that comes out. But I think the price point's pretty good as well. Like yeah. uh, you know, seventy pound is the, the going rate for these and you know I I know there's things out there, budget around Steam, it's like 35 quid, fine. Yeah. Like, sure. Like, it's you can penny pinch if you want, and I was yeah. just like, I can't be asked. 35 no. quid, fine, done. Um, so, yeah, I think it's good. And I, the thing is, it's always difficult, right? An 82, you sort of look at that now and go, oh. Yeah. It, for the, for the, bringing it back to the original point, which is around the, the FGL and the Grand Prix. Um, but in the real world... Yeah. That's a pretty good game. Yeah, it is. It can <laughs> uh, it can translate into that, especially one which is a limited scope and clearly a, a limited budget, a double A type game rather than a full blown triple A. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just circling back to Sony, do they consider this day and date approach with any what I'd call tentpole releases, like a I don't know what's coming maybe a ghost of Tsushima 2 or like something mm. like that it's actually more like we'd say well that's a Sony game you know yep. do you think they mm. consider doing that for PC or do you think that, again it's just that it's going to be the multiplayer ones we'll do it for because we know there's an audience waiting for it and we'll try mm. and penny pinch the other the PC lot of a second edition years down the line as we've been doing with all of our other releases I feel like that's more likely yeah um, but you never know I mean in my head I think what does it matter like you might as well just chuck it out to as many platforms as you can and reap the rewards. Um, I mean, ultimately, if you priced it at the same point, what does it matter? Yeah, it wouldn't. Like, really? Yeah, so, I don't know, but I expect they won't. And it's, look, I think as we've discussed before, developing it for these wide range of PCs can't be that easy and making sure it's optimised and all that stuff. So it adds a load of work at that end. Yeah. Um, so I I expect that what they'll do is is what what we've seen today, which is they th- if there's if they think there's a commercial reason to do so, they'll do it day and day. Otherwise, feet up, maybe a year or or a bit more after. Yeah, isn't they haven't got a nailed down release cadence for that? Just sort of doing it whenever. I think they just mm. once once their port studios are free, they're like, all right, now you go and do that. Go. It's one mm. of those rather than committing to it little interesting tidbit on sony also sony quote won't no sorry sony won't release quote any new major existing franchise titles before march 31st 2025 it's what came out of their recent reporting translate that well there's two ways well it doesn't mean anything because there's two (laughs) ways you can translate it one is that they've got nothing feet up it's absolute feet up till next, well, to at least next March. And there won't be a game coming out on April the 1st. I can assure you that. So it'll be well after March. 
Or you can say, if you're looking on the optimistic side, oh, any new major existing franchise title. So are we getting treated to something new? Like a, I think it's a Concord that's been cooking up as a as another sort of multiplayer type game. They've got another little secret. Basically saying, it ain't going to be Spider-Man 2. It ain't going to be you know, Ghost of Tsushima 2. It ain't going to be The Last of Us Part 2. It's not going to be Days Gone 2. Whatever it no is. No sequels. No sequels, yeah. So it could For be a, a new blockbuster coming, but that seems... I just think they haven't got anything other than maybe one other multiplayer game. So... Yeah, they put feet up now halfway through the gen. They saw those PS5s. It's a weird thing to say, though. Like, I don't well, know why he's saying... earnings. His earnings calls, isn't it? They get caught out with, with these sort of comments. They start saying things. Weird, like... weird way of wording it. It's just word salad. There's yeah. no. What? The thing is, there might be like a remaster or saying. Oh, do you know what I mean? They're saying yeah. no. Basically, no sequels. We ain't doing anything with any existing franchises. Yeah, major um, existing franchise. So what do you yeah, class Yeah, see, it's as? major as well. It's just such bullshit wording. So they yeah, might have something out there, but basically don't expect no. anything from our big games. Well, they haven't said anything, so I don't, I don't expect anything, but it'll be interesting if we get to like this time next year. It's like they haven't actually released anything other than Helldivers 2 in the last year. <laughs> Surely not. I mean, I mean they'll have, they've got Rise of the Ronin. I think that's true. coming, isn't it? Yeah. And there's... Like, there's, there's yeah. There's there is stuff coming, but it's just a weird way of wording it. Of just wording it, yeah. Such a straight base because as you say, like if there was rumours that there was a, another game coming, then you'd go, well, they're quashing that. But they've yeah. kind of just chucked it out there before FYI. any rumours. Yeah, bit got, of a weird one. But got ahead, maybe they're trying to get ahead of the game. Say, so, look, we told you so. When you're sitting there, so Xbox pass. ain't re- releasing a lot from what I can see. Sony ain't releasing a lot, from what I can see. Uh, well, Xbox, I don't think, starts till May now, so the three-month <laughs> cadence gone, but that's the least of their worries at the moment. They try and put out more fires, thanks to podcasts that are babbled. Speculating. Speculating. We'll try and get to that later. This is Idle Game Chat, though. Dimp Digital's flagship video game podcast. Your apps here, joined by the FGL Grand Prix winner, former resident referee Logan. Still resident ref. Well, I only come out of retirement once. Was that a one-off, was it? Is that what you decided? I was, okay. yeah. All right, that's fine. That's easy for me. I prefer that. Dipping um, toes in water, I'm walking away. Yeah, not worth it, is it, to get involved in that stress pit? But um, we're on your favourite podcast app and YouTube free. Also, that Facebook's lurking. don't know what people are doing watching stuff on that, but they, there's a couple, I guess. And uh, if you want to support this, grassroots. An independent endeavour. Patreon.com forward slash Dimp Digital is the place to go. And you can join the community. Hashtag hand in them pockets. More games to come out. Tomb Raider 1 to 3 remastered starring Lara Croft. So this was a... I think this is on Biff's team. Let me get this fucking league up. Should have uh, prepared. I know that you and Paper haven't got it. So that's... Nah. where the priority is for me but yeah Biff has got this and it's sitting on 83 same as Helldivers at the moment here is Matthew Zimari from Press Start Tomb Raider 1 to 3 remastered is the best example of a remaster I think I've seen in years I'd like to hear what those other remasters are like, <laughs> yeah. the, like the last one that he thought was the best remaster but we're not going to find out are we Matthew where some titles have played fast and loose 
with full overhauls of their game mechanics and visuals or visual styles aspire has taken the classic trilogy and revamped it as a love letter to its origins bringing memories of old back to life as more and more titles get the reboot or reimagining treatment it's refreshing to see an old classic comeback in a new style. So it's sitting on 83 and Zimari gave it an 8 out of 10. Sitting on Biff's list. Did you ever play these back in the day, these Tomb Raider games? Uh, yes, briefly. Hmm. Um, they were fucking hard. Remember yes. that fucking T-Rex? Yep. Um, they were hard. Mainly because the controls like, yeah. were pretty poor when you look back at it this is what i always say you could only turn or it felt like it's like you had to like keep when i remember lining up for jumps and you had to like jump back twice walk forward jump forward you walk back once and jump forward to get it fucking lined up like then you just time the button jump and that'll be it you'll be dead well that's lara gone again fucking bones on the floor um (laughs) Yeah, it was. It was really hard. Even the basics was was just sort of traversing it was difficult. Cause it was a bit. It was kind of like a 3D platformer. It was more than anything. Yeah, with a bit of shooting and the platforming was. I remember being a really fucking hard bit to do. Yeah, I mean, I know they've added a modernised control function to this, but they have kept also the original old school controls in there. Mm. Um, so I'm kind of fascinated to see how that works like with the modern controls. I remember they added modern controls, quote unquote, mm. to Resident Evil, like the old original, the fixed camera and all that nonsense. And I remember I put it on and played it with that, and it was just a, it felt like a nonsense because the game was never designed for you just to move around with a you know right analog stick and, and all that. Yeah. So, so as much as I appreciate it, it makes the game so much easier because you can just sort of strafe past the zombies. You didn't feel grounded into the world um but then the 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 crux of that was going back to the old shit controllers controls was just too bad anyway so it didn't really satisfy me in any way that that needs a remake as i keep saying they're hard the thing the problem with tomb raider they've got is they've already redone it so what you do if it's rebooted isn't it yeah yeah they've already they're already out there doing that so you don't get you don't have to worry about that yeah so all they've got to do is stick a lick of paint or whatever over this one and figure out the best way of of doing that and I, I i think it's a good idea um i don't know i just to your point i think trying to it's a really tricky balance for keeping the retro element and the nostalgia whilst also trying to keep it playable by today's standards is a really tricky thing to master i'm not sure i'd enjoy that fucking jumping and stuff these days trying to line those fucking jumps up and do all that no. bullshit I think it would just aggravate me too quickly. No. Is there any interest in this at all? No. 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 Well, I, go on. If someone gave it to me and then said, also, you won't lose any of your real life time, like time will stop, I'd have to go back in the Tomb Raider 2 and just try the obstacle course again. I'd have to, I'd have to just go through <laughs> what that. What do you mean? If you didn't lose any time. Yeah, they said, look, we'll take you out of reality for a second. You can play this for three hours time it'll be nine o'clock when you come back it don't matter you know 
You leave at 9 p.m., you're back at 9 You don't PM. want to waste any time on this. No, exactly. I don't actually world. want to waste my real life time with it. But if the option was there not to, I would just go, like, I'm fascinated just to go through that obstacle course and see if yeah, I can yeah, get a good, a good time. Just fuck well, around that, with Alfred and all that. Yeah, not that, not yeah. that old cunt in the fridge or the freezer, which is what I used to do. I think it's one of the things that most of us enjoyed doing the most, was spending yeah. God knows how much time messing around in that house, getting yeah, the quad bike, doing the... Yeah, yeah. Game. I remember it was just a side a side activity. It was. I remember. I, I think I did the first two missions, but I spent all the time in the in the mansion. Mm. And there was an obstacle course outside, and there was also a maze outside. And I remember yeah. think like going through the maze. I, don't, I can't remember what was there. There was some item might have been there. I don't know what it was. But I remember once the game glitched and put me on top of like the hedge, and the hedges were like maybe fifteen feet tall, mm. and I could see the gate like the fence of the gate. And I was like, oh, I can not realise this. you couldn't do this in the game because I didn't realise how games were made. I was like, oh, I can jump over that fence now and then I'll be free to run yeah. in the in the woods or whatever. So I ran, jumped and hit the invisible wall because it was never meant to do that and fell down. And I, I thought I'd misjudged the jump initially. Like I was like, oh, I didn't make it over. And then like, as a, I remember this one day I fought back when I sort of realised that the game would never have let me do that. I was like, no, there was, there yeah. was an invisible wall, you fucking idiot. <laughs> it was, there wasn't a level out there. It wasn't anything. It was just set dressing. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, you thought you could go into it, but yeah. it's not. It literally stopped immediately it, there. Absolutely. Mm. So, yeah, anyway. That's not a bad score, though, for, for old Bifter. Unfortunately no, for him, he put in... Jujutsu Kaisen Cursed Clash, which is sitting on a 49. Is that the lowest score a game's ever received? No, I think the... there's one lower at least. I think Biff might have got it. Agony is what I have in my head. Right. I think one of the WWE games got close. Is it called Agony? Let me have a look. Agony. I'm sure Biff put this in. Yeah, it got a 40. Um, that was back in 2018. So that was the, I think it's the lowest on record. I did have it. I'll try and find mm. it whilst you're whilst I get you to waffle in a minute. I mean, it's almost a nail in the coffin, though. It like, well, yeah, it's hurting badly. That is because what else did he have? He had another low scorer, didn't he? Yeah, he had. Oh, um, uh, Suicide Squad. And... Yeah, so he's really mm. shit the bed twice, two in a week. You can't. I always say you can get away with stuff in the Grand Prix, but not to that extent. You've got to be reasonable, <laughs> haven't you? Well, he's chucked away. 40 odd, I realistically 35 to 40 on that jujitsu kaizen. Yeah, he chucked away probably another 20 on Suicide Squad. Yeah, so we're talking about 50, 60, even potentially you know 70 points squandered. It's a blow, isn't it? There's no other other way to really look at that. Almost terminal, yeah, almost terminal. I mean, if others don't get games in, I suppose it'll, it'll get away with it, but. Yeah, it's just a, it's just a disaster for him. Two of those back to back. Yeah, he, he did have agony. Got a forty in twenty eighteen. Moronic in some ways. I don't know where he finds these games. I've never even heard of this jujitsu kaizen cursed clash. He uh, must read some bullshit where people yeah, go. I'm yeah. really looking for, like top twenty most anticipated games from Games Rate. It'll be something like that, won't it? It'll it'll just go. It'll just go through that. Not yeah. use his own brain. And then he's been burnt here two times in a row. Corvo Rowworth. Ro, 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 Ro. We'll go with that. Gaming trend. 
Jujutsu Kaisen Cursed Clash feels like nothing more than a soulless cash grab that likely exists only to fleece money from unsuspecting fans of the series. With lackluster combat, bare bones mows, janky controls, and an overall sense of unrefined gameplay, there is almost no reason... I can recommend this game even to JJK superfans. Didn't know they were called JJK superfans. JJK, that's how you get to that fandom. He scored that a 25 out of 100, <laughs> which is an appalling <laughs> score. I don't know what way you look at it, but that's that has done damage to Biff, unfortunately, as you'd expect. It's, um, I mean, his average is still only 74, but, you know, 80-odd average really required... Yeah, at this stage. Um, no, I'm not going to buy this. Is the short answer, and I, I absolutely you're not. So that's never getting played. I'd be surprised if any subscription service even picks it up and dumps it on there because it'd just be a stain to the entire service. <laughs> if they if they find out Phil spent money on that or Jim or whoever's running the show at PlayStation mm. these days, no, has he been kicked out yet? I can't remember. Imminent, isn't it? I thought they said like March, like the end of whatever the, the tax year or financial year, but this senior yeah, bots like that usually have a six month year later period. Mm. But there's another bloke talking. Don't, don't care enough. Mario versus Mario versus Donkey Kong. Yeah, this is. Oh, I didn't write down the fucking score. <laughs> Seventy nine. Seventy nine. Yeah, it's a bit soft. For my yeah. I don't know if you agree with that. Uh, I do you know what? I saw this when I was looking at my games, and you know, you just get a feeling that it's not going to be. I think everyone thinks the word Mario or Donkey Kong and, and whatnot, and anything to do with either of those two worlds is almost a license to print 85s and above. Um, <laughs> and I don't know, I just wondered. I thought it might still be coming hot off the Mario movie that was out last year and stuff, so there might be a little bit of buzz around it from there, but. I feel like it's been saturated a little bit of late. Yeah. That feels like a weird thing to say about Mario, but there was a lot of stuff, Mario RPG, Mario Wonder, Mario v Donkey Kong. I just, you know, you think they they can't all be 85, 86, 87 and plus yeah. that. So I did wonder for this one. I mean, look, again, no huge disgrace, but we're just used to seeing these uh, at a higher, uh, higher point, I think. Yeah, Paper's got it, obviously, in the main game. And um, Adcox ended up with it in the Grand Prix. So he's been stung with that. Now, that means you and Paper have both got three games out. So we can take a little bit of a pause and be like, let's have a look at the scores here. Mm. You're sitting on 267 with The Last of Us Part 2 remastered, Like a Dragon, Infinite Wealth, Prince of Persia, The Lost Crown, 9987, respectively. Paper mm. on 258, so nine points, nine points off the pace. And that's Tekken 8, Persona 3 Reload, and then Mario vs. Donkey Kong, uh, 90, 89, 79. So the outlier is that Mario vs. Donkey Kong. So. Look, that's one of his personal picks. Yeah. And one of his other personal picks, which I think he might be looking at thinking, hmm, is that Princess Peach Showtime? Because to me, that f might fall into this similar sort of high 70s, low 80s category, whereas the 85 and above, I'm not sure, will be within reach potentially, having seen this. How worried should he be? 
Yeah, I, I mean, it's it's sometimes difficult to say, but I I think it's easy. Nintendo have had a lot of success with their more peripheral, if you like, games over the past few years. And I think it's easy from a Grand Prix and FGL perspective to stick them in because they largely will not like completely flunk. No, they won't shit the um, bed usually. They won't shit the bed, but I think some of this stuff is sort of seven, seven to eight out of ten, and I think that's just the reality of it. And it's it's safer, it's ballast, yeah. I would call it. I think um, like it, it's going to keep you keep you afloat. But I'm not going to be overly critical because I feel like he's been semi safe, as I say, with these picks, and I have not been as safe this year. So mm. I think there's. There's still a hell of a lot to play for there, but I did wonder about these sort of more peripheral Nintendo ones, whether they might be... It's, it's difficult to, to really criticise them because a 79 and an 80 and an 82 are still good, yeah. like yeah. good games, but I think it's tricky to expect them to deliver 88s and 89s consistently for all these games. They're just not all going to be no. at that level. Well, that's, that's exactly what you've kind of set the pace at, and that's what he was setting the pace at as well. So it just sticks out a bit more, doesn't it, when you get your first sort of sub-80, you're like, cool, oh, that can happen. Yeah, I mean, it's... It, it's Look, I think last year I set, at times, and even Parky, like, ridiculous paces. Like, it, it's, it's outrageous, really. Um, I think, yeah, both of us have had good starts again, which is, again, like, slightly unusual that stuff that we released has not just shit the bed mm. um but i think you know look when i look at my team there's probably <laughs> at least four games in there that i've got mixed confidence on oh. um and i think you could probably say the same for james's so yeah it's certainly i think once a few more of those games come out between us we'll have a better idea of where we're at um What's interesting that? though yeah Charles Hart from Game Informer. Mario versus Donkey Kong is a simple game. But as in the case with Mario's best titles, an ele- there's an elegance to that simplicity. Letting off the hook? Does that sound like off the hook job? I don't know. Nintendo has done a stellar job adding features to make it more palatable to a modern audience. But it only comes together because of how well the classic levels hold up. Mario and Donkey Kong have been rivals for over 40 years and this game admirably carries that legacy forward i forgot about that i always forget that donkey kong was the og and mario was the little fella but it was called donkey kong was it called donkey kong jr i can't remember but that's where mario comes from he was trying to get up that fucking wasn't a hill but up that structure with those barrels being chucked at him he had that fucking gorilla sitting up there causing problems and that is because i forgot that when i watched the movie i was like what's this crossover but it ain't a crossover (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah. yeah he's been there since the beginning old DK mm. I think that's why many people love him but uh, he's sort of fallen by the wayside a little bit Donkey Kong Tropical Freeze revitalised him but other than that been forgotten for many decades and uh, this might put him back on the map I mean this is on the Switch we think this is the Switch's last year without it being rivaled by its bigger more expensive and more powerful sibling that's due to arrive we assume this year um i i'm probably not gonna dig through the switch to get it out and put mario versus donkey kong on i would assume you're feeling the same way no i mean no i reserve that for the the best of 
Mario, mm. basically. Odyssey 2, launch title. Hello. Oh. Got to be in it. Well, you'd hope so. Where's that been um, otherwise? What's that, 2017? Same year as same yeah. Zelda, and that's had its sequel. Yeah. Arguably more ambitious. <laughs> Not for me to say. Anyway, um, so we've done the scores and the doors for the Grand Prix, for the showdown, the championship match. You've got a nine-point lead of paper after three games. In the Grand Prix, Biff's out and away ahead because he's got the most games out. He's got six games out already. So he's really just burnt it and just going for it. He's got Rise of the Ronin coming soon, Pacific Drive coming soon. And I don't know when that Space Marine 2 is coming or when that Open Roads is coming, but he could have another two you know, in the next sort of month or so. And he'll be eight games deep. He's on four, 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 average of seventy-four. So he actually doesn't have a lot of time or many games to actually claw back that average. I suppose that'll be. But he a really, concern. he doesn't think about strategy in this at all because you don't want all your games out because then if something is released or dropped or rumored or brought forward or whatever it is, you you've got zero opportunity to get in there and sniff it. Yeah. You're just literally just stuck with what you got, largely. An interesting approach. I mean, yeah, so look, if you get a load of games, they come out and they get eighty-five and above. You're laughing, your feet up for the rest of the year, and you take the championship. But um, it's just a strange strategy to have, you know, eighty percent out in the first quarter. Yeah, yeah. Because when that Odyssey two drops, you ain't gonna have a have an opportunity to even get it if he's not careful. It won't even be an option for him to get that easy ninety-nine. That's clearly gonna end up. Scoring. It will game of the year. Well, immediately it will be up there won't it parky and horse on um, the doldrums zero for parky minus five for hall no games out for either of them then we're closely followed by agcock who's got two games out and so is everyone else actually one six eight salmon lurking with two games out and a one seven two and adkins one seven three there's averages of 87 86 84 across the board so biff's 10 off the other lot with double over double in fact triple the amount of games that they've got so that's not that's not a great place to be for him i don't think but that's the fgl for this edition let's start to let's just talk rough a bit about this xbox nonsense because mm. we spent a long time speculating last week which probably was a mistake in hindsight but you know never a mistake to discuss hot topics no basically they've done this we asked how they're going to do it and we wasn't sure we, well, I think we settled on video potentially being used. I suggested mm. perhaps a blog. And then they went for a podcast, which wasn't on yeah. the... Oh, I say, of all the things I was thinking of, I wasn't expecting that. It was essentially a video of three of those fucks sitting down, Phil included. And I sat through it, 22 minutes, and it was just... <laughs> yeah, the, the words and the phrases and the... It's unbelievable how they can even think I that people you. can sit there. I really and... do. Yeah. With those people that will be clapping that in. So that's good. That's interesting. It's like it's just word salad, nonsense speak. I don't know. Who, I don't know who it's for. Who's that for? It's not, it's not for any of us. Who's I it would for? suspect it's for shareholders. Even they don't want to hear that shit. I'll, they'll say write yeah. in the fucking report and send it to us. I'll let our guys give that a fucking. Good once mm. over. The, with the figures attached, Phil. No office skating. Get it all in there. The data. I can see where all the fucking cheating's going on. There was a lot of, we might do this, we might do that. They might do this, they might do it. it yeah. It, it, it's, 
Yeah. So the only thing they committed to was there's four unnamed games that are going to go to PlayStation and I believe Switch. Uh, The rumour and innuendo is that it's going to be Pentiment, Hi-Fi Rush, Sea of Thieves and Grounded. Uh, We don't know. That's not confirmed, but that's that. On Starfield and Indiana Jones, they said no, they are not the four games that are going sort of imminently. In a later mm. interview, he said, I'll never say, the quote was, never say never. And I was like, well, I mean, that's a door being left open if ever I saw one. <laughs> and ultimately, we didn't get a lot of clarity other than, to be honest, one of the things I had mentioned that I wanted them to say and just commit to, which could be hot air, but I suspect it's not, is around the hardware being part of their sort of strategy. They kind of doubled down on that, said, look, we're working on potentially exploring the handheld space again and, you know, there's going to be a giant leap forward on our next console generation. I was like, good, but don't say that. Don't say this is going to be the biggest leap forward because if it's not, this comment will come back to bite you. So I guess that's a sort of a win that they're not going to just disappear to keep those PlayStation fucks a bit honest. Um, but really, I don't think we've got any clue as to what they're planning. It's, it's, it is this case-by-case basis nonsense that I feared. So there's no real way of knowing from either side what you're going to do. I feel like this was just there to put out the fires that the babies have created that were crying about the, the death of Xbox and that the exclusives are going to leave. Like the, way it's, the way it's phrased, you see, it's, it's, it's going to leave the platform, they say. We don't want Starfield to leave the platform. I was like, I ain't leaving. It's still there, you fucking prat. Just being copied over elsewhere. They make it sound like it's left and they say, oh, we've lost it. More on it's it. Exclu- it's exclusivity that people want. And I oh. find it a really strange thing. Buy the fucking PC then. Well, why they are, expen- it, why they are it, expensive. Yeah, they are. But why does it matter that Xbox might sell stuff to Sony or vice versa? Like, yeah. really, when you actually think about it holistically for the gaming world, it's a better outcome. Yeah. Like, object- it's subjectively a better outcome. But there's this, like... I made my choice, you made your choice, you live with it. It's just such a um, tribal, I think, way of looking at things. It's kind of like, who cares? Like, I don't really care whether they released things on Xbox day and date and with Sony. Go on. Would you have cared at one point? Was there ever a time when you'd have been like... No, why would it matter to me ever? Whether If I've got an Xbox, or I've got both, right... But if I, only, if I only had an Xbox, why would it matter to me if it went to Sony? The only reason it would piss me off is if exclusive things went to Sony. But why would Microsoft ever do that anyway? Mm. Like, yeah, right, yeah. It's said, because right, Halo 6, PlayStation only. You go, what? Yeah, I'd be a bit like, well, <laughs> yeah, it's a Microsoft game. Like, why is it at Sony? But this is it doesn't actually make any difference to... Uh, an Xbox consumer. It's just this blue blood, green blood thing, isn't it? It's like they don't want the... The the green bloods don't want the blue bloods to get their hands on the green stuff. And that's what it boils down to. And it is a really tribal argument. Um, So, look, my perspective would be I'd be happy for Sony to sell stuff to Microsoft. I'd be happy for Microsoft to sell stuff to Sony. Yeah, on there. Like, do you know what I mean? It, It makes no difference. All it does, holistically, is give other people within 
the gaming world and the gaming sphere the opportunity to play other games and that's got to be a good thing yeah and uh, it probably will bolster the firm's financials mean they could potentially reinvest it in a future project almost likely it goes in someone's back pocket but you never know a percentage of that might make its way back the yeah, more that it? goes in the better chance you got of better stuff coming out yeah. i think is broadly how i'd put it but um yeah i think it's it's interesting everyone's got their knickers in a twist for want of a better term about it because it, it is one of those things where you think all right okay i can under- I can understand why people might be fearful of them not supporting a game or not supporting a console that yeah, you've bought was, and you committed to. Yep. Like, that makes sense. But the idea that they should never port games over to other it's consoles it's, is It's because of this stupid green, like you said, green blow free blue blow. It's a fucking war. It'd be seen as a weakness, wouldn't it? And that's, just, that's as simple mm. as that. The brand that has been backed by whoever... Looks mm. weak. It'd be the same if it was the other way round. Let's not mean, yeah. say this is a yeah, yeah. green blood only. But if there were, you saw rumors say, "Oh, PlayStation looking to put The Last of Us Part Three on when that comes out on Xbox," mm. everyone would be like, "What?" It'd be the same. The same nonsense would come out. But yeah, yeah. I mean, the thing don't... is, I I think it makes sense to collaborate more, right? Mm. And it, in 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 some ways, I mean, for some things like Nissan used Renault engines and like. Yeah historically Rover sold their engines to all different car manufacturers. They didn't sit there going, you're not having our engine because you haven't got a Rover badge or you're not having yeah. our engine. Like, do you know what I mean? And, and, and I think like there is an acknowledgement that there can be benefits from competitors coming together and you don't just see it. You see it in a lot of industries, but for some reason in specifically, I think really with Xbox and, and Sony, because no one cares about Sony games coming to PC who's caring no one is it's about this tribalism between these two consoles it's just an odd odd thing to to sort of dig heels in about i think because it is very much the exception to the rule i think mm. yeah I, I agree yes i mean but we don't know what their future plans are at the today as the, as the way mm. you put it so that's our plan today that they're not going to be going there but I don't know if that means they definitely won't or definitely will. I mean, this it's it was the kind of unfortunate non-committal that I suspected, but um, the fact that I was kind of prepared for that meant I'm not overly disappointed. Uh, one thing they kind of mentioned is the four games that they are sending over, which I said have been reported to be um, Pentiment, Grounded, Hi-Fi Rush, and uh, what was that other Twitter? Sea of Thieves. Yeah. Um, the way they kind of framed them was these are at least a year old so i don't know if that's something that they won't even bother talking about a game until it's a year old I mean, that might because it might be that come november they're like right you'll see the rumblings of starfield lurking again they might they might be open to having that conversation with whoever's going to make the decisions and have those discussions but i think that's fair enough like, it doesn't need to go immediately these games like you, you can chuck a bit of second life into them but again what's it matter doesn't matter I, I, so that, yeah this is the thing it's like even if you put an age on it, realistically, it doesn't matter. It's just about appeasing the tribalists, really, mm. is what it boils down How to. How many of those fucking slops make mm. up? So, it's, so they announced they've got 34 million Game Pass subs, right? Which I thought was quite soft, considering that includes that core. I don't know, remember when we discussed this. It was like, well, when yeah. they come out and say 55 million, we're going to know it's like absolute, you know, been completely blown yeah, up yeah. by Game... But it's gone up 9 million. Mm. And I was like, huh... He said he lied. 
And do you know? Do you know? I know they're lying. I'll tell you why. He said thirty-four million. They are full, full-paying members. That's what he said because people ask about the promotions and whatnot. And do you know? Mm. I know he's lying because I'm not a full-paying member. So there's at least thirty-three. Was this one person? So maybe there's thirty-three point fucking nine 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 million. I haven't fully paid since I've had the service. I've got one and a half years left on cheap rates, which I'm going to take advantage of. But don't lie and say everyone's a full pay member because they ain't. Because I'm sitting here laughing still. 20 quid a year or whatever it was. <laughs> yeah. They're always going to cook the books. Yeah. Um, what was I saying? Oh, yeah. So how many of those... Let's say 34 yes. million are like play Xbox. How many of those million are the tribalists? Oh, he swapped our cameras again. I haven't touched anything. Well... Um, how many of them are... How many care about this fucking nonsense, basically? I, I look... think it's a really small majority. I do as well. well small majority. Small minority, yeah. I think. It must be. Does, does Pee Wee care? No. Does Cop care? No. They're just going to buy well, Xbox, whatever. You no. care. Does that, this is what I mean. Does it, it, there's a small vocal minority that they're worried about. Um, mm. And they're largely lurking online... Um, uh, again, it, it's. I just don't understand why people are bothered. I'd love someone to come up with a valid reason why not. Like, and it's just because, well, I backed them and I've been with them. Don't care, mate. It makes no difference if you've been with them for, since the beginning. It makes no difference at all whether yeah. those games are available here, there, or elsewhere. It makes no difference at all. So, yeah, it's it's an odd one for me. I really don't get it, and I really do think it is a minority of people. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it is that. And I, I don't know if they've who they've served with this podcast or whatever they were doing. Whether it was, you know, was it whether it was just to appease those those slops, as we say. And I don't, I don't think they've achieved either, really. To be honest, I think it's been a. There's people on both sides that are like, well, I don't know if you're going to send me Starfield, and there's the Xbox saying, well, you, you didn't say outright it's definitely not happening. It's like, well. It's a wait and see approach. We'll say if they're using these four games as an example to see, or as an experiment, I should say, to see how well they do. Mm. I think you could have picked four better games, like not better games, but they're not. Now, what's Pentium really going to sell on those platforms? Like, what is it going to like? It's not a, it's not a hype one, is it? It's not a fucking big boy. I mean, don't you don't want to, it. You don't have a red there, but well, they've deliberately done. Middle of the middle of the road games, mm. I would say, because there's nothing there that specifically people are that worried about that they're going to kick up a stink about it going over there. And there's nothing there that's that bad where PlayStation would go, "What are you sending this to over for?" Yeah. So, I think it just is for okay-ish games to sort of kick it off with, and then. Their budget title the reception though, is. They're all well below the seventy UK pound asking price, so they are not. They're yes. not. They're not quite unquote big games in that in that kind of measurement. So, um, but then again, I was like, what else do you send over? Like, you can't send Redfall over. You can't. I mean, that just no. be that'd be. A, I mean, if I was Sony, I'd say you're not publishing that on here. <laughs> say, you, no, sorry. <laughs> just, just, just really tell you them. Ain't having your fucking turn. You don't want two on here. Yeah, <laughs> it'd be funny if that came out. That's what happened. They wanted to put that on. And they went no, but um, no. And also, uh, Diablo Four hitting Game Pass March twenty eighth. Everything that's from Activision Blizzard going day one in Game Pass. I don't know why people got 
started crying about that. There was rumours saying, oh, they might change it so that it's not in there. And I was like, well, I mean, they could. You know, with Call of Duty arriving, that would be one you'd probably do because it's it's easy sales being flushed away. But you, this, I didn't think they would ever U-turn that severely. If they'll cause, that would cause absolute carnage. They went, yeah, COD's not on there. Like People would be like, hang on, Game mm. Pass is meant to be on there. That's going to be the test if it will drive growth, something like that being on there. Like, will that get a cop in to sit there on that Game Pass or will he just buy it still? I think it's a good question. I actually don't know. No, that's what I'm interested to see. So I'm glad that they've, they're saying they're going to do that because that's actually going to see, right, how much of a difference is the biggest, mm. one of the biggest games on planet Earth make when it's in a subscription service, it's highly affordable mm. and almost objectively great value. We'll I see. think more people would subscribe than buy it mm. because I think people largely use the multiplayer modes to level up guns for yeah. Warzone. So I think they'd go, oh, yeah. I'll subscribe for a month. Level up. Level up. And then I think I, I think more people would do that. Do you think they need to buy stuff on top of that to get to the level? Like, is there like expansions within the main game that are needed or like boosts or anything? You can, you there's... There's purchasables. Do you, do you need yeah. to do that for the leveling or not really? No, you don't. They kind of give away tokens and things, yeah. double XP tokens, all that stuff. You don't have to really put your money in your pocket. No. Um, so I think it'd be, if, yeah, I'll be interested to see what happens with that. I I get a sneaky feeling that might be a popular. If that doesn't drive the growth, then they kind of, it's kind of like what will at this stage. It's a bit of a <laughs> yeah. like that. You have to shrug your shoulders at that and say, I don't know what's going on because that's yeah. the huge title. That's, I mean, I know people have done the maths and it's like if you only play that game and one other game, you're actually better off just buying them. But there is a convenience factor of it just being included with hundreds of other games. And you just say, well, and I think I'll... a lot of people find it more stomach. Yeah. They can stomach the £6, £7, £8 a month rather than... 70 £65, UKs. £70 up front. 100 UK with... pounds for special editions with extra content. Yeah. You, won't get, you won't get that in the Game Pass. We know that. Um, will it be day one or day zero, though? Or day five, I should say. Will there be this early access crap overhanging it? I almost think that... They, they do that anyway at COD, don't they? There's they... an early access for like the premium users. Is that right? Yeah, so if you pre-order, That's then it. you get... A few uh, days... Something or other, yeah, and you get access to the beta and stuff, and it's just you get it day five, yeah. then I guess. Like, who really cares? I'd rather not get the pre-order and just fucking get it when it's essentially free for me. Yeah, which well, is save you seventy quid a year, isn't it? Almost. Well, I don't know if you've been buying it year in year out. Nah, but... nah I think the last one I bought was bloody hell, three years ago. Yeah. Walked away from it. Uh, yeah, definitely, yeah. I don't, I've got no interest in it. Spider-Man and Baldur's Gate 3 were the big winners at the DICE Awards. Insomniac's game took home six prizes, while Larian's won five, including Game of the Year. So the title award went to Larian. For those mm. who don't know, the DICE Awards is one of the industry peer-reviewed uh, award shows by the, the, the wider industry. So that includes executives and things like that from publishers. With the Game Developer Choice Awards, which I think are due in March, and that's just the developers. And then I don't know when the Bafters are piping up, usually around that time as well. Um, but Larian got two out of two so far. Can it complete the quad that Tears of the Kingdom couldn't? That's the question uh-huh. now. It feels like it's almost mm. a done thing, but I think we felt like that with Tears of the Kingdom. Odds on. No, it wasn't Tears of the Kingdom, was it? It was Elden Ring. 
Mm. That was the one that got stung it by vampire survivors. Ring. And then, yeah, and then the, the fourth one, the quad, the clock quad. Yeah, the <laughs> hey, Vampire survivors come along and went, whoops. Because that's what put that on the radar for me. Yeah. I was like, hang on. How's that got that? Roguelike. Well, review inbound, I've heard. Ah. Yeah. There's an end to it, I guess, if you spend that much time on it. Anyway, had enough now. It's diff- <laughs> difficult to get this one in the books. I think it fatigued me. But it happens sometimes. Um, what do we do? Should I just chuck this fucking division out there? Because we've been alluding to it. And it's just done, isn't it? Everyone can forget about it. Yes. Division 2, Warlords of New York expansion. Good Lord. You've got 27 minutes of that to look forward to to close out this edition of Idle Game Chat. As usual, we'll see you on the other side. Here we are then, back with some game impressions. To close out this edition of Idle Game Chat, got apps and Logan here to talk about, finally... Tom Clancy's The Division 2 Warlords of New York expansion. Finally, we got round to finishing this. I think we had it for over a year before yeah. we actually sat down and finished it and played it. And it took about eight months to actually finish it. It was done in three chunks, essentially. And we finally scraped ourselves over the line. Um, and this was your fault. You bought it for me. Because that yeah, gift function on the Xbox, you put the pressure on everyone and then subjected us to this. So how do you feel about that? Well, yeah, that's a great question. I didn't feel good about it, did I? And no, neither of us did. did. I, well, I bought it because I was like, that, it was on offer, I think. And I was yeah. like, I'll just knock that in now. So there's never... It wasn't one of those things where I was like, we have to play it now, which is why mm. it took us a while to get to it. Because I think after we finished the main game... We needed a rest. I think that much was obvious. Yeah. Um, but yeah, when we obviously picked it up, it wasn't... I don't know if it wasn't what we expected, but I, I, I weren't... I wasn't overly positive for doing it. And then <laughs> I think I, initially I was trying to be like, right, come on, Joe, let's do this. And I think mm. you were... I wouldn't say you were a bit like, nah, but I think it, I could just tell that there weren't the desire weren't there so I was like right well I'll just leave this until you're ready because I could do without it anyway I'm sort of fine with that approach and then in the end it's like look we need this off the off the menu let's let's get it done yeah um, I think we've done it in about five or six sessions yeah maybe less I don't mean it's actually that long but it felt like it was a bit long and there's a couple of things that got up my nose which we'll get to but just for just to set the scene, we gave Division 2 base game, you gave it a silver, and I gave it a yeah. bronze. Yeah. So I ain't got a lot to really beat to meet expectations, but whether it's managed to do that is obviously another potential problem for people to deal with. But um, let's read this to out, just so people can listen to how they've tried to sell it. 
While the division was working to secure Washington, D.C., a familiar shadow fell over the streets of New York. Aaron Keener, one of the division's original antagonists, as well as the first division agent to go rogue. He brought the factions of New York under his control and has used them to conquer Lower Manhattan. With other rogue agents and lethal new, a lethal new viral... I don't even know this was a thing. Lethal new viral strain at his command. Keener is poised to eradicate what little has been rebuilt since the catastrophic Black Friday pandemic. The battle to restore order continues, but now the division has a new mission. Stop Keener at any costs. So this is a uh, playing into the original one. And we're going back to New York in this expansion. One of the things I didn't realise when we booted this up, and not that it was a major problem, was that once you go to New York to start this, you have to finish it before you can travel back and forth. Which seems like a strange restriction to put on. I mean, as I said, it's not the longest of games. Mm. But I was a little bit like, oh, we are we are stuck until we finish this if we ever want to go back to Washington. How do you feel about that particular um, structure? Restriction. Yeah. Um, okay, but as you say, it was a little bit um, a little bit annoying, like because you kind of do all that stuff and then they go right, you're going over here. You go, well, what about all this stuff I've been doing back at base? Then all this work I've been putting in. <laughs> Um, like all these relationships are built up and all the stuff upgrades no, it's, it, yeah, it just kind of takes you away from all that and it's like DC's still a shithole, is there not stuff we could have done here? Like, I just find it a bit of a weird thing to do to sort of go all the way back and then like, you know, naturally you're locked there because it's like you're not, you can't just in a, in a post apocalyptic world if you like just fucking yeah. cart backwards and forwards between two major cities like that like it doesn't really work does it no so um yeah i i, I didn't really like it if i'm honest but even if they, they could have got around it by just leaving a chopper there or something like that like yeah it seemed a bit of a strange thing to do in all honesty maybe they knew it wasn't that, in, that engaging that people would just walk away if they were given the opportunity to leave it but <laughs> Yeah, it is a strange one. I mean, essentially, the way the game's set up is that you've... I mean, you've got four, like, lieutenants of Kena. So you go mm. to a, a certain part of the map to find out roughly where they've sort of been hiding, according to Intel. And you do maybe three or four missions based on that lieutenant. And you eventually capture them or kill them or whatever the, the, the brief is until you work your way up to Kena. And then it's like you go, you go for the, the showdown after him and, and, and whatever. Um, there's a couple of side quests that were mandatory, basically, because you can't tackle the final mission until you hit level 40. So one of the things they've added in this is that there's a extra 10 levels added, so you go from 30 to 40. But you can't finish this expansion until you've got to level 40, and the main quests will not carry you through that naturally, which is a blow. Um, there's new newish weapons. We go back to New York as it's a new map and whatnot. But... I mean, other than that, I don't know what else to really say in terms of the structure. Is there anything I've missed? Because it's it's more of the same. It's the division. There's yeah. There's took to be getting on with. There's side quests. There's all that sort of garbage. And mm -hmm. obviously, the the main pull of this is this kind of narrative that they've kind of linked in with Keener. That's kind of the reason to go in and do it. It's not. It's a bit lighter on the ground compared to the main game, which has lots of optional to it. Like lots of it. This felt like. Yes, there's other stuff to do, but it was more focused on getting this done, I suppose, because they wanted to get back 
to the option of having New York or Washington at some point, so they didn't want to lock you there for a hundred hours. Yeah, I mean, there's still like all the usual took going on around kidnappings and yeah. all that bollocks. If you want to get snarled up, I mean, we were very much mainlining as best we could. Um, there wasn't a lot of ex- exploration and things going on and focusing on crafting and doing all of that. It's just a case of get get up and close and personal and get through it. Um, but yeah, it's, it, you know, in every way, it's basically more of the same. Yeah. What do you think about this? Did, did going to level 40 add anything to your experience? Like, was that necessary? I like, could do this function without that. I mean, I suppose it gives a purpose in terms of like you're getting new weapons that are incrementally better, the same with armor. But did it need a level system in there? Or could it have just given me better gear? I, I, I don't... I don't, I don't really know about this. I don't want to go off on a rant about it already, Man. but it's just soulless, isn't it? <laughs> it's just, it's just, it's just, it's just soulless gameplay. <laughs> I don't know how they've made it so soulless. Uh, it, I did enjoy our time in the division. I don't know, like in the division two main game, mm. and then we got a bit of frustration that crept in towards the end of that because we had come in late and they'd added some shit and it wasn't tying it all together. Yeah. And I think that started off the downward slope for it. And then it's chucking this in like completely soulless additional <laughs> gameplay. It's just not what I wanted from it. But I don't know. Is that unfair? Like I'm down that sort of thinking, well, I've literally sat here and said it's more of the same and I'm sitting here calling it soulless. Like I don't, as, uh, did I just get, tired of it like maybe i don't know but it's just such a fucking dark dull game to play Mm. with not much personality i think is the way that i'd phrase it um i think they do a good job in terms of actually fleshing out like the world that they're in but it's just so dark and dingy and like i'm sitting there just shooting like there's no do you know what I mean like there's no real thought that you have to put in it's me and you going through with shotguns and this and the other and occasionally we have to go right we have to be a bit careful occasionally we have to use cavalry yeah like (laughs) and do you know what I mean though it's kind of like it's not like me and you have got to strategize like in terms of really with our loadouts or anything like that like we can largely put on what we want like, use what we like, and it's just a case of whittling the numbers of the enemies down. I mean, you had a health buffer, and you certainly didn't utilise that. You sort of keep that to yourself, I noticed. I was, What's that, that fucking <laughs> that healing thing? Screaming for heals, and you're just sitting there. We didn't need it, really, that's the thing. Other than, like, a few very unique parts of the game. Not unique, just mm. unique scenarios where it does get a little bit harder... But yeah. there's, what, two moments in the whole playthrough where it yeah, was any, I mean, anything other than really easy it's almost annoying it's just so frustrating that even makes it that like that Mm. in a weird kind of way like both me and you are like this is fucking ridiculous that we should be even dealing with this in this game and i don't know why (laughs) we think like that it's like why can't we just walk over this yeah but it does sort of just lean you into that mindset though doesn't it and when it doesn't and it actually 
throws up some sort of challenge. It's not even like there's a mechanic that we have to do. It's just bullshit. Mm. And I think that's what annoys us. It just chucks bullshit. Like you'll get some random fucks that steamroll you down or will spawn up your arse. Or, do you know what I mean? There's no... <laughs> It's not a failure of us executing a plan or 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 a strategy or a mechanic. Hmm. It's just the way the game works. But yeah, I I did not. I must be. I just didn't enjoy almost anything about playing that DLC. I have to be honest. And I don't know whether that's fair or not because we well, literally said it's more of the same, and I gave it a silver, and I I don't think that's necessarily wrong in and of itself, but. I just didn't enjoy that DLC at all. I think it outstates welcome, certainly, didn't it? Like, and the DLC is not long. That's the other thing I should know. Mm. It's actually not that long, but soulless is a good word to describe it. Absolutely, um, yeah. it felt unnecessary to a certain extent, and it didn't. The structure of hunting down lieutenants and doing that four times rinse and repeat. Like, I'm like, well. Oh, just why? Why has it got to be like that? Why can't it be hunt down one of them and then the other one's got its own base or so? Like, it could have done different things, but the fact that it's like, right, now we move on to the next target, right, you run here, then you do three missions and then you have a showdown mm. and then that's the third or the fourth of Keener's like, okay, we've done all that and then we go and... Like, mm. it was, there was nothing there to surprise and delight. And I thought, well, maybe the DLC will have like new gear or new weapons and whatnot. And no, because mm. really that happens in Division 2 where you start to unlock those specialist classes, the one where I could use the, yeah. uh, you know, the, the, the fucking grenade launcher, essentially. And you had a, a bow, was it? A kind of crossbow or something? I was using a sniper, but that was largely useless. I don't know if it's because I didn't upgrade it, but it just mm. wasn't doing any damage. So I was like, this is not worth me even worrying about. So the one thing they did add, I didn't... <laughs> really ever use but yeah i just i feel like they can just make it a bit more interesting like it's you've got pretty much similar guns like sniper rifles assault rifles or shotgun like there's no fun like there's nothing (laughs) else is there as you say it's just kind of like rinse and repeat and it just not what you want the story isn't strong enough in it either to is that a failing of us though? Because we're always waffling and not really paying it's attention to Benitez or Rose. Yeah, yeah, I yeah, think it's, yeah, it's, it's not engaging. But how else do you do it other than stopping the game and saying, right, don't do anything, just listen to what we're saying? Would that have made? I think half the problem is we're not mm. really listening. Those mobilized get picked up under the illusion that we're going to get some lore out of it, and then we're not even listening because we're waffling about something else halfway through. I think it's because we done we we sussed it out that there's no point. Like, like from we played the division, we played a whole load of division two, and you get to this point, you go, I know that there's not law here. Like, the law in the game isn't that interesting. Yeah, it's not. I'm sorry, it's just not. And the story isn't. You don't care that much. They don't flesh out the characters enough for you to care. I'm trying to think though, like a co-op game where. Mm straddles the line of wanting you to be engaged and keeping you engaged mm. versus like the other end which was this and outriders is the one I always draw the conclusion to because there's a similar sort of setup in that yeah. you play it between one and four players we played it as a duo as, as mm. people know but that felt I, can't, I don't know I'm misremembering whether that was the, have suffered the same fate now in terms of just the story I think it's just a hard thing to 
get clucking people who just want to talk shit in a party chat to listen to what's going on. Yeah. Like, there has actually, to be a basic premise. Yeah. Right? There has to be a basic purpose and a premise as to what you're doing. But at its core, it just has to be fun. Like, mm. um, and, uh, the, the gameplay has to be really good. Like, I always think about Destiny, right? Like, the story in that is largely far away to it. But yeah, yeah, yeah. like when you're doing a raid or when you're doing a boss or when you're doing something, there's usually some sort of cooperative way of doing a mechanic or that you you have to synergize with people that have got like healing versus like there is a way of using that synergy that makes it fun. And the fact that the good the gameplay's good makes it fun. Yeah. The fact that the gameplay in this is largely average, like it's okay, you poke your head up, you shoot stuff, like, but there's no real. I mean, you have your turret, I have my turret. We don't have to synergize, but we kind of decide to. Like, it's it just doesn't make you think in the right kind of ways. It's just numbers of bullets that you get out of there. It's just a numbers game all the time. Yeah. It's not, yeah, um, it's so, it's so like. The amount of bullets you have to put into a stock enemy really to get them down is ludicrous at times. And when it gets to mm. like the, those yellow bastards, we call them the, the gold yeah. rated or the yellow rated kind of harder enemies, like you put 600 bullets in them and it, it barely cracks their armor. It just sort of, I don't know what that's all about <laughs> because there's a, there's a version of a game where one headshot would put someone down, but. Ammo is more scarce, so therefore it matters that you're mm. better engaged and in tune with the game. Whereas the division, it doesn't really matter. But you, I mean, you ran out of ammo in one part of it, but largely you're given unlimited ammo just to put, and you need it because the enemies take so much of a fucking hit to go down. Yeah, yeah. I feel like there's a there's a much, and maybe it's maybe it's too difficult in terms of like people get turned off because they die too much, but something where two bullets to the chest pretty much immobilizes someone mm. um, and the same for you as well so you, but you can't just be running out there chucking shotguns at people i'd be interested to see a game mm. that kind of takes that approach this is a very safe approach and that you can take a pound and the enemies can take a pound in therefore mm. it's a battle of attrition really and the, the player almost always wins because you get so many more tools than what the enemies get and the only thing mm. they've got in their advantage is numbers yeah not, not intelligence not equipment not skill mm. Or anything like that. They've just got more numbers, and you've just got to mind your p's and q's and just unload at them at the right times. Yeah. But I just, I yeah. think it's just a bit dumb as well. Like I find the AI really predict. Like they either run at you stupidly, or most of the point where you're like, that's literally you're you're never going to do anything there. Like yeah. I'm obviously just going to put you down. Like you're running at me with a knife. Like there's no. It's just it, it's just really strange. Like it's just not. It's just not very well coordinated, I think. And I don't know if it just becomes more obvious the more you play it or whether it's specific to that DLC or whatever, because I think at times, like in the original game, there was like the doggies, and you go, right, we'll have to put that down. And then <laughs> yeah. there's there's certain enemies that disable your um, like electronics. You think, right, I'll have to get that. Like there's an element of strategies to how you progress through the level, but I just found these just like you didn't have to do any of that really. It was just a case of keep your head down and move through it. And then they randomly introduce 
bits into it, don't they? Where like there was one part in a level where the floor was like, or we were getting poisoned or something. I think. Yeah. And you're like, there's like gas that where, been released. Where the fuck are we going? Like, why? Where are you? Exp- there's no like instruction of where to go or where the level's progressing or anything like that. We're just bumbling around, and you went, "Oh, it's over here," and it was just so poor because I was going down. You were like, "I was resing you," and then I'd go down. It's like, yeah. and it's just I don't know. I just felt like the level design in it like was pretty poor um like it's more of the same sort of environments i don't feel like it's an interesting environment particularly like in other ones we've been through zoos and yeah like like there was something different and it you know to do this is just like more dark sort of like fucking underground bullshit it was just really boring like and dull it just i was just so unengaged with it um yeah I didn't care what I was shooting with or like there's just no there's just no fun it was just it was just a bit soulless yeah it was uh, and it 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 just wasn't very engaging at all through story through gameplay or the loop or anything it was just not great it's a shame in some ways but in other ways it's a lesson to be taught um <laughs> I'm going to go... Is there anything else you've got? I just... Yeah, I mean, I just... Not really. I just think it's just a soulless... There was just nothing there. Like, you're not working toward an end where you're, like, rebuilding and you're helping a settlement and you need to do Mm. that kind of stuff. Like, I I think it when it leans into that stuff, it's better. But just sort of going on these manhunts where you're just progressively walking people down and... Like there's no nothing new about it. It's just a bit boring, and that's basically how I would sum the the DLC up. Yeah, it's not exciting, really, is it? Let's do the formalities. Obviously, yeah. I think I know where it's doing for both of us. Um, yeah. Tom Clancy's The Division Two Warlords of New York expansion. Yeah. Is it going in some sort of some sort of bin, or is it going to get awarded with a a plaque and go up on the wall for people to go? Cool. What a, Excellent video game, potentially. Oh, fuck the bin off. I'm going to put it in a fucking sealed container, <laughs> dig a six-foot-deep hole in the garden, <laughs> put it in the container, and I'm going to fucking chuck it down the hole and cement it in and cover it over and never <laughs> remember it again. I thoroughly did not enjoy this game, like this DLC. Mm. It's It was such a letdown after... We uh, we had a reasonable time on the original game. Yeah, like we didn't. We were regularly doing it at our regular slot, like, and we were both comfortable to do it. But neither of us wanted to do this. And I don't know whether it was a combination or or more of it just being unengaging. But we were. It felt like we were fatigued, and that this just wasn't. This, we just needed it done to say get the tick in the box. Well, the scary um, thing is that once we finished it, there was a load of Endgame took that come up and there's like eight seasons yeah. worth of other manhunts that are there for people. I think that's not going to happen. Um, I don't think. And I hope that's not a consideration because it's going to be this rinse and repeat jobby. Um, annoyingly, there's some... I looked at the sort of bounties that have gone past. There are some characters in there. I was like, oh, that's interesting to see them, but not enough for mm. me to, to care to go through it all. And... You know, I think at some point you have to just cut your losses with these games. They want to continuously demand mm. time, and to say the story wasn't worth 
seeing it through is an understatement. Like it's just not worth hanging on for. So mm. same for me, it goes in the bin, um, doesn't go up on the wall anywhere so people can find it when they're having their coffee at lunch and look in there and see that lurking back up at them. So warlords, warlords, warlords of the expansion. No, warlords, warlords <laughs> of the New York, of the New York, of New York, crapped on <laughs> unanimously there, which is the first time that's happened in a while. Yeah. Got two questions for you. Yeah. The Division Resurgence brings the acclaimed gameplay and experience of the franchise to mobile. You can sign up now for the pre-alpha. Any interest? No. Okay, that's that gone. This got, by the way, I just want to put this out there. OpenCritic's got this currently on a 77 mm. with a 67% recommend. I, can I only just don't get that. I can only assume people that weren't enamored by the main game didn't continue with this. It was only people that liked it and then even then... Mm. Had problems with it because it's not setting the world on five or seventy-seven. Gaming trend ninety out of a hundred. By the way, nine out of ten gaming trend. What are you doing? I think sometimes anyway. these games, these service-based games, they don't hook you, and you're not engaged in the in the yeah. ground level. They are a chore. I could see the same issues being levied at something like destiny absolutely i've yeah. seen and heard it and i think well that's kind of fair enough it has to it has to be just a base level of engagement there of interest mm. um man loved this he absolutely yeah, yeah. loved Division too yeah um and i just don't i just don't it just doesn't hook me i'm sitting there thinking like when we finished it and i'm like who is playing that the seasons and doing like, for what i just it it doesn't have anything like interesting about it it's just flat for me but as you say people probably say that about destiny yeah yeah they have a life service yeah they will do tom clancy's the division heartland the division heartland is a free-to-play pvevp focused survival action shooter set in the mysterious rural town of silver creek explore and complete missions by day take on the dynamically moving contamination enemy factions and player squads by night register now for your chance to join future closed tests any interest in that it's free to play nope i don't want it is that it for um, the division I, now? Uh, yeah. What if the division three like comes along? What's it got to do? Is there any chance for it? There's always a chance. You never write anything off, but mm. um, I do kind of feel a bit done with it as a yeah. thing. Um, it's just, yeah. No. I'm just done with it. Yeah. I really hope they don't do any more with it, but they probably will. Oh, well, we've got Heartlands coming, and that'll be a bit of a different take, it looks like. But I, you know, there's, there's every chance there's a D3 appearing at some point, and um, decisions will have to be made, I guess, at that point as to whether that. Sometimes you've got to cut your losses, though. I do agree with that. Yeah. Mm, I agree. Because yeah. I, don't, I don't even know what happened in any of this story, really. But no, I, I can't remember. Not retained one. Everyone dies. Well, everyone dies all the time. Bad guys dead. Yeah, there's plenty of them as well. They seem to be unlimited, but yeah. There we go. Tom Clancy's The Division Two, Warlords of New York expansion, double binned here on Idle Game Chat, and that will close out this particular episode. We'll be back. In the near future, I would guess, but who knows? Could be this could be the very last thing people ever hear. 
of idle game chat as we go off into the night or something disastrous happens. So I won't count all the chickens, but with any luck, we'll be back on the next edition. But nothing more for us to say other than thanks for your time and ta-da. This was a Dimp Digital production.